0: to the Inner Bitch, Inner Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jacari, naturopathic doctor turned spiritual analyst, intuitive coach, acupuncturist, Reiki master, and mindfulness guide. Throughout my journey of working with others and healing myself, I have come to realize our suffering comes from resistance of where we are, of wanting things to be different. Once we can surrender to where we are and accept ourselves there, our entire world can change. This is where the title of this podcast comes from, through befriending my inner bitch, something that I hated so much about myself. I was able to hear my inner truth, my intuition, what my soul wanted me to do. And now I'm on a mission to help every single woman do the same. Each week, I bring you inspiring stories, people, and messages to help you lean into loving your emotions, transforming your relationship with yourself and others, and giving you the clarity you need to create a life you love. If you'd like to help the back end of this podcast, I would love to have you contribute. Any amount helps. The link is in the show notes. Let's get healing. And remember, stay easy on yourself. You're amazing just as you are. Friends, in this episode we honor Pride Month and this was something that I just I felt so called to do because of my own learning and my own like huge perspective shift and awakening within the LGBTQ plus community and how I can be a better ally. And so in this episode I interview one, one of my previous clients turned dear friend of mine who is pansexual and when we first started working together I didn't really ask many questions about it. I could kind of tell that there was like sticky energy there but really I think that the sticky energy was me. It was me not knowing how to ask questions and me not knowing how to better understand what that meant because I was scared that I was going to offend her. And I've had a lot of growth since then. That was over a year ago now at this point. But I am unaware of a lot of this community. Like, I am brand new at learning. I'm, I'm a beginner. I'm just now learning. And for me, it, like, and with cancel culture and all these things, like, I have been just avoiding, like, av- like avoidance of the topic. And now I'm asking questions. So that's the stage I'm on. I'm I'm in the question stage, but I'm also in the stage of still getting comfortable asking those questions. So I share this with you so that you can give yourself grace if you are also in my position, because, you know, we, we all have to be at some point or another, right? Like we all have to Start asking questions even when it's scary and even when we're scared that we're gonna disappoint other people or hurt other people We have to ask those questions Because we're not gonna find out otherwise and if we're not finding out otherwise Then we're not being a good ally when really like I know that that's what we want to be right Like we, we want to love people and we want to to really encourage people to be themselves to own themselves And to feel comfortable in their own skin within a society. That's what everyone wants. Everyone wants things to be good, to be chill, to be love. And I think that's really what the outcome that no matter what your stance is, the outcome is that you want love. You want happiness. You want uh, peace and understanding. And I just felt like this conversation is way overdue and I'm happy to now be having this conversation and I'm proud of myself for using my voice and and putting myself out there because that's something that just a year ago, even a year ago, there's no way in hell I would be doing something like this. So I want to acknowledge myself in this moment and if you are someone who used to be very quiet, and now you are asking the questions, and you felt embarrassed, and someone has gotten mad at you, and you have said the wrong thing, I want to encourage you to keep asking questions. Keep asking questions to those people that you really feel safe enough to ask them to, like Meg. I know that Meg is a safe person for me to talk to, and so she's, you know, of course, as we talk about there being like emotion the emotional work that comes along with this and how, you know, you should educate yourself a little bit like on the on your end, but then also you can ask questions. So find the person that you feel comfortable asking the questions and ask them. Ask the questions. Okay, without further ado, here is the conversation with Meg. Today, I have with me Meg McMullen. She was actually my very first guest on the podcast, and she's my very first returning guest. So thanks so much for being with me, Meg.
1: Thanks for the invite. I loved it last time, and I'm sure this time is going to be just as good, if not better. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited, a bit nervous about this conversation because I've literally never, never had a conversation like this ever before you and I have not talked about this and yeah, I think I just think that you and I mean you and I have had this relationship where like we've just been transparent and I think that this is why you and I like just get along so well is we're just we're just direct with each other and when I have not been direct and you picked up on it and we had a little like sticky situation we were able to talk through it and I just think that that's such an important, you know, piece to any sort of friendship. So thank you for being you and for being here with me.
2: (laughs) Thank you. I agree with you. I think the transparency was really helpful. And I thought that we have overcome and grew from every situation. And from the moment we met at that Reiki section, uh, when I was like, right, when you wrote down all that stuff. So (laughs) thank you.
0: Yeah. Okay. So the conversation we're going to have is basically like pride month has really got me thinking in a lot, in a lot of, a, in a lot more different ways than I usually would. It's really like piqued my curiosity. And of course, like all of 2020, uh, racism and just equality in general has been, you know, such a huge theme and, I've been doing my best to educate myself on all of these various topics and where I am going wrong. Because I think that that's, I think that that's the piece that a lot that is just missing. It's missing in society. People asking themselves, what am I getting wrong? Like no one's really doing that. And I mean, I don't want to say no one, because there is a, a very big, like within the spiritual community and like personal development, like People are, do ask those big questions. But I think for, you know, most of us, we don't really like question ourselves in that way, in the way of like, what's, what problem am I contributing to? And that's something that I like to really ask myself. And especially with 2020, I was just like, what, like, how can I be better? You know, is another way to put that. And for me, the reason I reached out to you is because on it was like one of our first sessions, coaching sessions that we were doing, you mentioned that you were pansexual and it, you know, you kind of had meant like mentioned a little bit behind that and a little bit of how, what kind what that experience was like for you, but it wasn't something that we really talked about anymore. We didn't focus on it or anything like that. And I guess for me, and the reason why I wanted to have this conversation with you is because I want to, I want to know more. I want to understand Better. And I think where I have realized I've really fallen short in the past, in the pe- just in the past in general, where I've fallen short when it comes to um, different just minority groups. It's that I thought as a white female, that um, like a white straight female, that I was like I love everyone and like I'm. Quote unquote colorblind. And I like just see love. Like I just want to love you for who you are. And I don't want, you know, these other things to come in, in the way of that. But that's where I w- w- went wrong because I'm totally neglecting the culture that you're coming from. And that's something that I had to kind of learn one of the harder ways because one of my best friends is half Mexican. And when I told her that, I didn't even really realize that she was a different ethnicity. I just thought that she was tan she like, she was really hurt by that. And she didn't admit that to me until like years later, because it was hard, you know, it's hard to have conversations ab- about it, but with everything coming out. So she, and, and I was like, what do you mean? Like that upset you? And she's like, well, I just feel like there's such a neglect of the culture that I came from. And I don't know about that culture, you know? And so I guess that's why I wanted to have this conversation with you is to just get more of an an understanding of what the culture is and where you're coming from and and how, how the journey really evolved for you. Because I think, um, I think to be LGBTQ in today's society is such a brave thing because you're like, that's one of the most incredible spiritual journeys you could go on is owning you for you owning you for who you innately are and not giving a fuck what the world thinks about it, but just being you and owning it. And I think that people who are LGBTQ really like, that's not, it's just not an understood concept of how hard that truly is. And so that's what I want to have a conversation about. Any. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I think that, I mean, I think it's, like awesome I think that that's if anybody's looking for how to start that journey I think asking that question of like where where do I perpetuate cycles and like where is my thinking harmful to other people and devaluing right because ultimately um when you come from a place of love and you just want to love somebody authentically you want to Love all parts of them, and to do that, you have to really know someone's story. You have to be respectful, and when they come to you with their experiences, you know you hurt my feelings or like this was inappropriate, and you just have to absorb that and like honor that. To so, like, it's not that you were intent un- like intentional about it, but like that you didn't know, and now you're growing and learning from that, as opposed to like feeling shame that you messed up and hurt somebody and having to be defensive. Like I didn't know. Like everyone kind of if you, if you know somebody, you know, that they're not intentionally trying to harm you, right? Most of the time. So I think it's really important to start there. And I think also too, a good place to start is listening to people's experiences. Like one of the reasons why I advocate for a lot of different things is because I've heard firsthand experience of people I trust of their hardships and oppression. And and it's, once you hear those stories, it's like, you can't un know that and you have to you see the pain and you see the struggle and then you're like yeah this is I want to do better for society if I want a place of love for individuality as well as a community like space you have to know everyone's individual but um, they're all part of the whole I think of it like uh, fingers on a hand like you all they're all part of the same body but like they all have different purposes or like the two sides of the same coin. Like we're all individual and different slightly, but we all are made up of the same kind of thing. And so for me, it didn't start like that. And it's, I'm still in the process of like owning my authentic self. And I still have internalizations of societal standards and norms and gender norms. And I think my journey really starts is kind of interconnected with, um, being diagnosed on the spectrum of autism and Asperger's like that, because a lot of things didn't make sense until I really, um, came to those understandings of like, or how can I say this? I didn't really understand until I have a reference point, right. I, until I had that reference point, I was just kind of like, I thought this was normal, or I thought like most people thought this way, or I I thought I didn't fit in or belong in because I, I had these things. And so you know, going back to, you know, preface this in my household, there was a lot of homophobia. Um, it was, it's okay out there. People can do whatever they want to, but in here, that's not okay. And my grandma actually said, you know, um, you know, I don't care who you fuck you going to hell is between you and God. And as much as that is like, that's your own business and I don't care, it's still very much aggressive and like shame based of like the choices that you make are not okay. And that makes you innately wrong and going to hell makes you bad. And so like, and there's also racism, like, you know, my mother said to me, I'd rather you come home with a woman than a black man. And so it was like, it was this like, even though she was saying it was okay for me to date a woman she was still putting it on this derogatory, terrible thing. And so I clammed up. I never really felt safe in my body. I never really felt safe expressing myself. I didn't know who I was. I put on lots of masks and, you know, through recovery, I started to uncover those things. And um, I think it's really important too, that around 2019, there was some TV shows that came out, um, about sex and sexuality. Um, sex education was one of them. And there was a a girl on there that like identified as pansexual. And it was the second time that this had come, this label had come up. And that was the moment I had this like really aha moment of like,
1: Oh, Oh, that's I identify with that. And it's so good to have exposure to those things. And I think it's so helpful that society is going in the direction of having more, um, visibility for all types of people, because if you don't have a reference point, you'd feel like you don't belong or you assume it's normal. Right. And then when you get this like eye-opening thing of having words to a, a feeling or, um, maybe even a label to something that you have felt all your life. It kind of like opens this door of like, oh, I don't have to keep seeking anymore because seeking is exhausting because I'm like, I had always tried to find this place of fitting in and finding comfort within my own skin. And it wasn't until I think we started coaching in April of 2020. And in February, I woke up one day and I was like, I had this just like giggly, giggy, like giddy feeling all day. And I was like, I'm pansexual, I'm pansexual. And I was just like, so obsessed with it. Like, I was just like, enjoying the fact that I had finally like had this word. And then I just texted all my friends and my family. And I was like, I'm just letting you know, I'm pansexual. Like, I just like, went for it. And some of my friends were like, oh, I thought you were I thought you had always been queer and I was like oh and then like you didn't know and I was like no not really and then like some people were like my mom is like you know I've told you many times like you know I don't care who you're with as long as you're happy I love you for you and you know and my sister had like kind of hinted to it a few months prior to that when I asked for certain clothes for Christmas which is also part of my journey which is like I love Carolyn Miss's um, quote that says something like, when you find your authentic self, the style finds you. And I think that for so long, I had been trying to fit into societal norms, changing my hair every couple months, um, wearing certain clothes, feeling like a sausage in some clothes, feeling like a potato in other clothes, and like not really knowing what clothes really fit me and having you know, body dysmorphia all came from... Not knowing and being comfortable in my own skin because I couldn't, I didn't have a reference point.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah, I, yeah, I just think it's, yeah, it's just so incredible to, I mean, even just now talking with you and I know like a lot of the work you've been doing in the past couple months like I just it's just so incredible the growth that owning something like that gives you
1: a hundred percent
0: and that's what I'm just in awe of within the LGBTQ community it's like once you just own it like like really just be confident in it and like yeah this is who I am it's it's beautiful.
1: Yeah, I think, too, it's important to say that, like, for any movement, it's always important to, like, the reason that I can just text my family and say, look, and my friends, like, hey, look, I'm pansexual is because there has been so much progress since the first protest, you know, when, you know, that was, like, I can't remember when it was 50s, I think, or 60s. Um, And it all stems from that. Like I couldn't be this way. I couldn't be this outright if we hadn't made this much progress. And also too, my mom, it wouldn't be so accepting if the masses of people weren't so accepting. Right. Because like, you know, 20 years ago, she wasn't accepting of those things. And so, you know, which is all part of why it took me so long to get out of the closet. And, and for me at 33, I, I've heard so many people now that I'm starting to um, become part of the LGBTQ plus community. Oh, it took me so long. I was 25. I was 26. And I was like, I was 33. And I'm sure there's more people out there at 60 and 50 that like, were like, man, I wish I this, I was born at a different time. So I could have been my authentic self. And so it's like, paying tribute to knowing that it was I can only do this because of the hard work of other people as well as you and anybody else who are doing the work that's like let's be more inclusive and like accept people on their terms and what their pronouns are and what they identify as and not what we just perceive them as but like how do you want to be perceived and that's how I want to honor you you know
0: yeah yeah Okay. So I I have questions and this is where, you know, things get like awkward and weird for me to ask questions where I'm like, I should know this, but I don't, I don't like, I just don't know because I've never asked, you
1: know? So
0: what is pansexual?
1: So to me, pansexual means that I love people. I don't, um, it doesn't matter the gender. Um, and a lot of people also identify that with demisexual, but demisexual is more in, in the definition label of the term that you fall in pe- love with people based on the emotional connection, which a lot of times demisexual and pansexual kind of hand in hand, a lot of people say. But um, for me, I love people in general. And so I, I and this also is slightly different for me because, because I'm on the spectrum I never viewed people as sexual. Like I did a boy crazy phase. And the only reason I did have a boy crazy phase is because everyone else was being boy crazy. And in order to camouflage, I was like, Oh yeah, I'll pick somebody and be like, I have a crush on that person. Because I didn't see people like that. But as I started to come into my own, I started to realize I had picked up on a lot of, um, things that I found attractive, such as like, I used to wear, um, basketball shorts and like baggy t-shirts and like sweats and like, um, basketball, you know, shoes, because I found it sexy, but I didn't have the terminology for it, but that's why I wore them. But I never knew that that was like attraction because I hadn't really, because I had been dissociated from my body and never really allowed to like get into that. So with pansexual, I think that, um, I feel like I'm not I'm never going to be attracted to anybody that I just look at. I'm going to be like, oh, yes, they I, they have features that I enjoy or whatever. But the attraction for comes for me once I know that it's an appropriate boundary. So I'm never going to tap like I'm never going to go on a date and assume that we are, you know, going to be together unless that it's like specified like, oh, this is a friend date or this is a, a romantic date because. I just don't, I have to do that switching of like, this is always going to be a friend zone until I know that it's an appropriate boundary to cross. And so um, for me, that's why pansexual is a little bit more fitting for me because like I honestly just love people. And so, and I become, you know, I don't want to say obsessed, but like, you know, infatuated with people and all their stories and all the things. And so I, I fall in love very, very easily. And so for me, that's why pansexual works so well for me. And I don't always need the emotional, like, connection because I just, like, that's just how I view the world, you know? Yeah. Okay. Does that make sense?
0: It does. And this is probably a stupid question that I'm sure you get asked a lot. But so what's the difference then between... Because if you're pansexual, it just means, you know, you love all people, but then is that different from bisexual? Because for you, what I'm hearing is like, it doesn't really matter what your gender is. Like you're just, you who you love yeah. is like who you're sexually attracted to.
1: Mm-hmm. And so bisexual can sometimes be the same as pansexual if you identify that, that way. But bisexual gen- generally means the two, two genders. So Um, female or male. And then pansexual, I think would include as well, transgender and non-binary and um, gender fluid um, as well, because it's not, doesn't matter um, what you identify as. Whereas bisexuals could um, like, you know, transgender or whatever, but I usually think for the definition label, if you're going to go really technical is one of the two like women or men and bisexual can be, it's not 50, 50. It can be, um, Anaconda, you know, her, she's a comedian and she came out as bisexual and she does a really beautiful podcast on with Jay Shetty. And she talks about the moment she realized that it's not, a, it's not just like a 50, 50 pie, but you can be any part of the pie. You can be a 20, you know, 80, um, 20%, male and then 80% women or you could be the reverse of that it's like on this full spectrum of like where you would feel comfortable with and like I like the terminology queer better than gay but it doesn't offend me either way and I feel like bi um you know that's they identify more with bisexual than they do with pansexual because maybe there's not a gender they aren't like aren't attracted to or sexually attracted to if that makes sense
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: And for me, I also had, which is something that has been shifting greatly that there was a lot of um, bisexual hate um, not hate judgment um, because the lesbian, like it used to be very much like the lesbian community thought that either you were bi curious, which meant that you were disrespecting the lesbian community because you were exploring and not really considering the like, value of what a lesbians have to go through or they wanted you to choose full lesbian because you're just playing you're just toying around and so it was very much like judgmental and the same thing goes with if you from the heterosexual side there is like with girls are just kissing because they want guy attention and guys view that as like attractive or whatever and there's like all of this kind of like judgment that has like kind of it's still there's an undertone of it still but slowly shifting of like we're not objects for each other. We are not like we are humans and we're not, our bodies should not be objectified and and our genders and our, the way that we are perceived should not be objectified because we're not objects. And so, you know, the value comes from is like every single person is going to have a different story along their lines of like why they identify with whatever labels that they've chosen. And for me, that was the big thing is like the pansexual felt really well with me. And I think it felt really well with me because I, it, it made sense once I started to say like, I do get infatuated. It doesn't, as long as I am really chemically in, in like engaged with somebody and having this like pure connection, like I don't like I don't really like care what gender you are or like what you're wearing or your hair color or whatever. It's like more of a vibe thing, you know? Yeah. So um, that, that, that's really important to know is that everyone's story is going to be different with the label that they choose. And some people will be offended by certain things as well. So it's always good to like, if you, one of the things that I learned quickly on is that if you offended someone by mis- like naming them because of their pronouns, or you've assumed something, the appropriate response is, I'm sorry, and then continue forward and then try the next time to change the pronouns or change the narrative, right? And um, I don't think it's all, I don't think it's, uh, if you're ever with someone, I don't think you should, like, oh, I'm going to take my my friend home and I have to tell them that he's trans like I don't think it's your story to tell if that comes out like let that come out the way that they want to so don't tell anyone's stories I think that that's really important as well if you're going to you know um be communicating with people and tell it it's a, it shouldn't matter and it should be safe a safe place to let people come out themselves yeah if they want to
0: so when you're talking about pronouns I feel like that's something like the awareness and the understanding on my part is extremely lacking. And I take full responsibility for that. Um, and I guess I just can, can you like catch me up to speed and like educate me? Like, I feel like that's like, I should be the one, right? Like I should be the one like researching this and everything, but I also want to know, like, I don't know. Well, hold on. Do you take offense to me asking you to educate me on it? Or are you like, yeah, like we can have this conversation, but you, you know, you should be looking into this yourself. Like, what are your thoughts on that?
2: I'm not offended that you're asking. I like that. We're having conversation. I think it's really important that everyone has hard conversations, even when they're uncomfortable. I think it is appropriate to ask if someone wants to do the emotional labor, and I agreed to this podcast, and we already talked about it prehand of like what we're going to talk about. So, you know, I'm all for talking about this. Um, By by all means, I'm not like an expert. I only just know my story and like what I've gone through, and I've only been out technically out of the closet for a year. So, like, you know, um, I can only you know do that much. And I think for the doing your own work, I think for sure, look into this and also start bringing it into conversation more. Like when you meet somebody automatically ask them, like, what are your pronouns? Like, don't assume anything. And if people are taken aback by it and you're in the wrong cloud, it's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just being respectful of what you want, what you like to be called. And if, you know, and it's, it kind of starts the question automatically. And I have a few, um, non-binary friends They, um, you know, are always appreciative of that, like initial asking, you know, what's your pronouns. I personally identify as she, her, but I'll give you an experience about how this, um, plays out. So for all of my life, I've always felt like a a woman, but I felt like a masculine woman woman inside internally I felt like a very big burly male masculine like energy inside of me and so for me I had always perceived this as just like I'm a tomboy and like I had you know I had grown up in that I liked sports and stuff like that but I'd always been comfortable in my body to say like my chest and my general bills, And so I think that like, that has never been a problem for me. I did question that, like, as I started to like get older, if maybe this masculine feeling inside of me was because I'm in the wrong body, but I had always come back to the fact of like, I really do feel like a blend. Like there are times when I do feel very masculine, but I still love like my chest and I still love like, you know, wearing certain clothes and having a style that makes me feel sexy and good and feminine. And I will tell you this, one of my, I, my best friends, when I said this to somebody about how I felt like this big burly man inside, quote unquote man inside is she was like, oh, but I have always viewed you as very beautiful and, and um, feminine. Right. And like, just like flirty and fun and confident. And I was like, oh my God, that I feel just like this clomping troll inside but on the outside I'm being perceived as other things because it's honestly because society has said this is what a female is and this is what a male is can you imagine when they first discovered what a male and female was that they were if they were reversed right if we were you know and so it's like it's just a label and ultimately we all have those things I you know I have a friend who she said they said excuse me they said that they feel like a 12 year old boy who likes skating and like does these, like, th- like spark jokes, but also a grumpy old man that likes to sleep and like, doesn't like to. So they choose they, because it fits with their, what their body is and the way they, their energy fills. And so they're this combination of the two. And so I think that that's a beautiful way of experience it just because I'm perceived because of my body parts doesn't necessarily mean that that's what I identify with, and so I always think that it's imp- appropriate to um, kind of give people permission, like in my bios and any of the things I put. I always put she/her so that people know that I respect pronouns and I don't mind being called out if I assume wrong. And um, so I think that that's a really big thing. And again, going back to like if you mess up, just apologize and move forward and try to do it the next time. And You'll catch yourself like I did earlier when I was like, oh, she, they automatically go, go right to the, their pronouns when you mess up, as if you were giving a speech and you stumbled over your words, that's it. You know, it doesn't need more than that. As long as you're trying to, you know, reprogram to respect whatever your friends, family, or, you know, society, the places that you want to go and people you want to see, you know?
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for breaking that down for me. It, I understand so much better now that you gave those examples and um, yeah, just clarifying what, what that's all about. Um, to me, like I, that makes sense. Like I get it. Um, and then I also had just like, while you were sharing, I had this, it, it's like literally everything is made up. Everything in the whole world is made up by us, by humans literally every single label, every single rule, we made it up. We made it all up. Like God put us on this planet and we decided that we knew what was best. And it's, I just, I, I've always been a rebel, right? But I just love that. It's like, okay, we're questioning everything we've ever labeled everything we've ever put rules on. And I think that that's why I'm so, um, I'm, I'm just, what's the word? I, I guess humbled by like the strength it takes to go against all of that.
1: Yeah. So I want to, I want to actually share this part with you because when, because I had internalized homophobia within me, um, I started to like, when I first started on this journey and I think it started right around when I started questioning things right around 2018, when I started listen when I listened to Jay Shetty and Anna Nakana, and um I started to notice like what I would say out loud about a person or think inside my head. Like I wasn't judging it, but I was like I would walk and I would be like, oh hello handsome and in my head and then I'd be like, well why did I say that? Like why did like and then I was with my friend who's super boy crazy. She always talks about sex. She always talks about like that guy and she'd take him home and rip him apart. And like, she's always been like that. And I always found that fascinating because that's not just not how I am. And around her, we'll both like say out loud, like, you know, Oh, look at that hunk or whatever. And then like, I was like, Oh, and then when I would see an attractive female presenting person, I would keep it in my head. Like I would say the compliment or whatever to myself And I think it was because of that internalized homophobia. Like when I was in sixth grade, when everyone's taking showers together, like I was so scared of like looking at someone and making someone feel uncomfortable. I once was in gym class and I tripped up the stairs and I was behind this little, like she was very small, very petite. And I went forward and I was going to knock her down. So I grabbed her hips and I just like moved her like a little, you know like a chess piece and she got really uncomfortable and then was well, there was this whole gossip and in my mind, I was like not the I could see where she would feel uncomfortable because I literally grabbed her hip, hips where she would, you know, and but I was just like moving her so I didn't fall onto her and then I fell and stumbled and like, you know, I'm like I could have just knocked down this whole domino effect of like people running around these stairs but it became this like embarrassing thing. And then I like, she was like, Oh, and like, that was the first time where I felt like my sexual, like, I was like, Oh, I, people are going to think that I liked her. I was like coming on to her and like, I was a predator or something. So I was just like really panicking, but truthfully, like that whole time that was like, keep this inside, keep this buried down because people think this is, this is not okay. And the first time I ever experienced anything with, with um, a gr- like a girl was when I was 13 And I enjoyed the experience so much, but afterwards she was like, I like guys, this is not ever going to happen again. And I was like, yeah, me too. And then that was like the end of it. And so it was just like these little stories, these little pockets of like things where like I started to do this. And so when I started to come out of the, slowly come out of the closet, I started to see what I would say was okay and what wasn't okay. And it all related back to like this internalized viewpoint, which was this is what men look like this is what women look like and um we're automatically assuming these things because this is the pre-existing information these are the pre-existing by the you know you can see biases biases and my what my parents taught me and so when i first started questioning this i would have things like that and i would notice i'd be like okay and so then i started being like well meg if you're going to give someone a compliment from one presenting gender then you should say it for the other because like why are you holding this in like what you want this is authentic to who you are so do that and then I started to like question of like okay am I um perpetuating like body dysmorphia or anything like that and I started, just started being aware of like the things that were coming out of my mouth or the things that were coming in my online and judgments in a very neutral way and then I started to realize that like I was afraid of, of liking women and going on dates of women and what my parents would say. And I had the same thing when I was dating somebody who was not of the same race as me. Like I had this fear because it was like, how is this going to be perceived? And although I didn't really care, I had this fear, this deep child wound of fear of like what people would see and be rejecting and like, not like me or think that I'm evil because of these thought process. But eventually I started to realize that that's where it starts you start questioning the things that are going on in your mind you start questioning the world around you and that's where you start perpetually like I don't believe that and I don't think I have to believe that I don't and that's when I started to change my style as well and I shaved my head and I started wearing my hair and my grandma was like you make a prettier girl with longer hair and I was like, that is societal standards. And that was one of the reasons why I didn't want to shave my head for a really long time, even though I wanted to, because I'm like, I don't want to be perceived as masculine, even though I feel super masculine inside. And so I was like, this is silly. This is a waste of my energy and time. Like, it shouldn't matter this much. I should be able to wear makeup and paint my nails or not paint my nails or anybody should be able to do these things and be wearing whatever they want to whether you think it's, you know, the typical, you know, gender role, you know what I mean? And yeah, I think it's a a waste of time to do that. So I I feel like don't, don't feel bad if you have those judgments, right? Like if you have these things that pop in your head, like we are not our thoughts, we are programming. And if you can see past the programming, that's where the real shift happens.
0: Yeah. I feel called to share with you something that I haven't told a lot of people. And I think, I mean, it goes right along with this. So when I first started seeing the shaman that I I worked with years ago, when I first started seeing him, like literally the very first session we had, he's like, you have a a huge third eye, but it's blocked by a secret. And as soon as he said that, I literally... Like it came, this memory came to my mind and I knew exactly what he was talking about. And he, he's, and it was, was, I was probably, I was probably like 10 or 11 and I was with my family at A&W and I look over to this car and I just remember being really attracted to this person my age, like in the backseat of the car. And I like, I did this weird thing when I was a kid where I would just watch people that I thought was attractive, but I never would go and talk to them. Like I wouldn't interact with them or anything. I would just watch them because I was so scared and like shy and quiet or whatever. So I like saw this person and then I realized it was a girl and I felt so much shame come over my entire body. And I was just like, Oh my God, like, do I like girls? Like I, that can't be po- like, no way. Like that can't be possible. And I would like, you know, went through this whole spiral thing. And so then when the shaman, you know, this memory is in my mind, I'm thinking it. And he's like, any ideas, any ideas? And I'm like, no, no, no. Like I was even so scared to tell him then. And this was, this was probably like 2016, 2017. And I'm like terrified. So then I get on the table and he's like doing work and we get done. Like I get off the table. He's like, you know, doing energy work or whatever. I get up. He's like, so have you ever questioned your sexuality? And I was like, how the fuck did you know that? Like, how did you know? Um, but then we just had a conversation about it. And he's like, look, like it just because you had that thought doesn't mean that, y- you know, you, you, you like only girls or like you're, you can only be with girls now, or, you know, like your sexuality is fluid. And the thing is it's fluid for everyone, whether they want to admit that or not, it's just, that's part of what it is to be human. And he's like, so don't, you know, be mad at yourself if you do end up with a girl or something. And to me, that was such a huge weight lifted off that I didn't even realize that I was carrying. And like, I I even felt scared to like, go back and tell my roommate what had happened. And I remember sitting on the couch with her, like terrified to even tell her because I was like, what is she going to think? What is she going to think of me? What does this mean about me? What, What does this mean? And I think that for me, having those situations happen, it's it, I was very quick to place meaning on it or to like, shut it down because of the meaning that I was placing on it from society right like I was totally programmed like that is wrong like you cannot know. and so yeah. yeah I do I think that every single one of us like has that programming and it's just about like how is it how is it coming through for you and are you over- able to overcome it I don't I don't know like own it own that your sexuality is fluid like
2: I don't know yeah. I, th- I think Bill Nye actually Bill Nye Uh, just an episode on this and there's a meme floating around, but he said your identity, sexuality, and gender all shift and are all fluid throughout your whole life. As you change, that's always going to shift. You're like, you are not the same person as you, you were. And so like, once you accept that like beautiful creative force of it, do what feels right for you in the moment. If you know, and you don't even have to have a label. I always say when people are like, well, what's your sexuality? I say the label that I choose is pansexual because I have a choice of what I want to identify with. And I have a choice of who I, as my grandma say, fuck, you know what I mean? Like I have a choice. And so, and uh, like, that's the thing is like, I've come to the place where if I want to feel comfortable in my skin, I have a choice of what I wear, who I hang out with, what my environment looks like, And thankfully, that has come from a long line of people standing up and being advocates and and doing the hard thing and having conversations and protesting and shifting people's perspectives, because we wouldn't be here having this conversation if that wasn't true. And so, you know, I think it's a beautiful way of, you know, you know, having giving people reference points like you are not your thoughts. You are not all homophobic or all racist or all you know, xenophobic or whatever, because you've been programmed, but you are those things. If you continue to act like act on them, perpetuate those, but you have a choice to like, come back and say, okay, I don't want this to be my viewpoint. I don't want to, you know, shame people into conforming to certain things. And so having this conversation is a beautiful way of doing this and knowing that like, for me, it was a journey of like repressing a lot of repression, and then a lot of like rebellion, like in college of like falling in line with drunk, you know, people. And, you know, I had this experience that I, I feel terrible about in college. I actually really had this big crush on this girl in college. And I asked her on a date and I tried to make it like a friend date, but I wasn't being a friend. I wanted, you know, I want, like I, I was attracted to her, but I was so embarrassed of this like feeling inside of me that I wanted to keep it friends. We went. And we went to the um, thing and then we left and she went to kiss me. I turned my cheek and she kissed and, and then I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. And at that time I didn't know why I was doing that. And then she went in again and I turned my cheek and she stormed off. And I like, I hurt her feelings or whatever. And I like felt so bad because I did. There's a part of me so badly wanted to kiss her and to have a relationship with her and like have this thing that I had probably been desiring my whole life but it had been expressing pressing and I, I messaged her on AOL if that's how long ago it was <laughs> <laughs> and I was like I'm so sorry I don't know why I really do want to and I was being honest and she was like okay meet me at like outside of the dorms or whatever and I went one more time and I did the same thing for the third time and I was like I feel so terrible about that but th- it just shows you like When we don't listen to our instincts and we repress things, it becomes part of like a shame body that just is not, it doesn't go away with ignoring it. And it doesn't make you bad if you think about things and sexuality and sensuality and, you know, all of those things. But, you know, if you perpetuate that and hurt people in the process, it's your job to like come back to it and say, where am I wrong? Where am I perpetuating this? How can I be an advocate in my own way? And maybe you can't go out and protest all the time, but maybe you can read or have hard conversations. Or maybe you can talk about how your sexuality came to be and like how you view things like that and be respectful. Like if anybody tells you that this is their experience, don't deny it. Don't invalidate it. Just say, okay, I respect that. And if you have a hard time and you slip up, just correct yourself and keep moving forward.
0: That's really great advice. Thank you. So... I want to be more inclusive and I want to, um, you know, like with this podcast, this podcast is for women and I mean, like, do you think that there's anything that I could shift or change about like the way that I present this podcast? Because it is for
2: women. Mm -hmm. And so that's, I think. I think a good, good place is like that when I first started on the anti-racism, I started just listening to my people, my friends of color. Like, I want to hear your story because I want to know how you were oppressed and how it affects you and what your daily life looks like and stuff like that. And like, listen to that and see if there's something in my daily life that I don't, you know, uh, do. And And as you talk about like growing and helping people come into their power, I think a really big one is like are you making choices of like who you're inviting on your podcast and being more, you know, open and like, you know, the spiritual world is very hard on um, people of color. And that would be a great way to do that. Um, You know, um, there's not a lot of influencers that are um, LGBTQ that they all get kind of shadow banned and kind of push the front. And they also get the ones that get pushed the top are the ones that are society beautiful people that like fit the you know role of oh this is the perfect lesbian couple or like this is the you know and so it's like how can we ask and talk about your the people who have had struggles with their you know how the community has run over them or bypassed them because they didn't fit a specific mold but like they're still doing the work and stuff and uplifting them in their experience and just sharing that of like well so tell me about how the you know spiritual world has you know affected you and like how could we do better and how could we hire more people if you have a, a team and you're building a group like are you diverse enough like do you have enough people or are you in in a echo chamber and an echo chamber doesn't nece- necessarily mean that it like you need to diversify but it does mean that like you know don't intentionally be like i need you as a, a a black person to come on my show because I need more black people like intentionally be like, no, I, I read your story. I've looked at the things that you're doing and I would like to like talk to you about this specific thing that um, kind of gets undercurrent because, you know, of race or gender or even sexuality. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think a problem that I have actually talked with other people about is that I have had um, like, multiple people of color on my podcast, but we didn't talk about it. Like I didn't ask any sort of question on how that has affected their perspective. You know, like I I haven't asked any of those questions. So I do, I do think that that's a huge, um, a huge place for me to really step into, to really bring awareness to that perspective because that culture, you know, adds to the perspective, adds to the conversation.
2: Oh yeah. And you can find out these subtle microaggressions and things that you didn't know that you might be doing when you have those conversations. Like, you know, you might be doing something that you don't even know. Like when I, like using terminology, you know, like, um, you know, I, there was, and and this is something that I learned recently, I don't know the full story on it. So don't quote me on it, but the word STEM which comes from stud and femme and are actually culture appropriated. It was actually in the, started off in the um, black community and it was part of, so femme is like a feminine person that uh, like dresses feminine, um, has a feminine vibe is in the queer community. And then a stud is um, a woman who presents masculine, um, but the, It's the terms were taken from black culture and used in the LGBTQ community without any um, rectification or like staying where it is. So for me as a white woman, you know, I cisgender, I call myself, I would say that I am fetch. So feminine, butch. So that's the two terminologies that I would use. Whereas, um, you know, like, it's really important to know those things, but going back to your point is that if you, do have those people on your podcast, make sure that you read their stories and their, um, their background. And because of the emotional labor, put it out there say, these are the, this is kind of the conversation I want. I want to hear your story. I want to know how this Uh, if any oppression or any spiritual bypassing has occurred to you because of that and bringing that to the surface, any microaggressions. And are you willing to talk about that? Because a lot of people of color and LGBTQ people are tired and they don't want to do the emotional labor. So a lot of times it's not like a lot, but if they are willing to do it, think about how you can promote them or, you know. Help them do more, so they don't have to take the load off them, so they don't have to do all of the labor. Yeah, yeah.
0: And that—that's what I was like. Oh shoot! Like I—I I should be the one looking this up. What am I doing? Um. What do you think about the language in which I, um, use? I guess with with it, you know, a podcast for women. Like, is that appropriate? Like, can I? You know, is there any way that I can better, you know, term that?
2: I mean, maybe shifting it to feminine, if you're looking for a feminine um, energy, as opposed to just the women label, woman label. Um, but I think if you have acknowledgments and this is where maybe I'll, I'll get some backlash for this, but I think that not, to be more inclusive inclusive is important because we have people with disability. We have people of diff- that, look different from us that we have learning disabilities we have you know every there's every which color genders fluid like it's every like there's we're a smorgasbord right but not everything is going to be designed to be inclusive so it's not like if you are feeling called to coach women then that's like your calling and that's where your sole purpose is and it's not to intentionally disclude people which is the 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 fine line right which is like, I am directing to this source of feminine energy, but I'm not being degrading or downgrading something that doesn't like, oh no, you're not allowed to be in this podcast because you're a man or you're, you know, like, that's like, there's a difference there. That's like my calling is women because I can relate to that and I know how to do that. And so I want to help those that feel that feminine energy. However, I'm not trying to disclude people we don't, you don't want to put human and then you work with male masculine energy and be like, I don't really know how to work with this, you know? So maybe it's not your calling, but to talk to people and have inclusive conversations is important, but to automatically say, no, like, you can't be on my podcast because you are gay, you
1: know,
2: (laughs) like, that's,
1: that's not okay. But, um,
2: so I think that that's important. So, you know, feel what, what resonates to you, but also know that you're inclusive even though you're using the terminology you do respect pronouns you are an ally you are anti-racist you are doing these things to like advocate for people who don't have you know the platforms
0: okay what do you what do you think about using pronouns when I introduce myself or introduce guests because that's Perfect. something that i, I that is very foreign to me
2: yeah I, so I would say you know it's it helps open up the conversation of like, this is a safe space. Like I am a person that is learning and open. And if you have a a problem and I I offend you or hurt you, you have an opportunity to come to me and tell me that I didn't do something right. And that's okay. Like to me, it's like, hi, I'm Meg, my pronouns are she, her, then, you know, you are setting the tone for like, okay, cool. Then I get to be the person that I I identify with. I don't have to put on a mask and You know, you are willing to learn. That tells me, anyway, that you're willing to learn and that you're open and it's a safe space.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thank you for doing all that emotional labor for me.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And it's easy. I think it's really easy. Just say, I'm Sarah. My pronouns are she, her, and then move forward. You don't have to, you know, go into any kind of details. But it also opens the conversation to people who are like, oh, what's happening? And, um, you know, that's, we, I had a conversation with my, I went to dinner with my friend's daughter is a day and she was talking about like that. And then my other friend was like, well, I don't know about this. And so it was like, okay, this opened up a conversation because we presented our pronouns and we had this open conversation and she learned and it was awesome. And now it's a practice in the story of telling somebody without like trying to be like, you know telling irrelevant details because like it's not important you know
0: right I just I feel like this is something that I it's 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 already taken me too long to to get educated right it's just it's been too long and it's not too late it's right I'm it's but it's like okay it starts today like that's the thing it like it starts now right so
2: yeah and people are gonna I went to a meeting once and everyone always introduced themselves and they use their pronouns. And there are people who really get offended. Like I'm he him obviously. And it was like, that is the whole reason that we are like saying this. It's not obvious. Sometimes it's not obvious. Sometimes we, I, I was on a dating app and someone messaged me and was like, your look is interesting. And I was like, is this a compliment? And they're like, well, what are you? And I was like, I'm a human. <laughs> I'm, like, yeah. I'm like, what, what are you getting at here? And it's like, well, I, I just wanted to know what gender you are. And I'm like, okay, this is, and so I like gave them the, you know, rundown. And I was like, this is in a, like, you know, and he's like, I don't mean to offend, but it's like, that kind of like stuff is like, you don't feel like a safe person to have a conversation with because you're like, obviously, because you're falling into the norms. Like, it's not obvious to everybody, you know, it's not to my best friend. It's not obvious that I feel masculine to her. I'm very feminine. And so if I were to change my nouns, you know, she would have been like, well, you know, it might be confusing to her because she doesn't perceive me that way. And it just makes everything a lot easier because it's like, we're not, let's not assume anymore because we know what assuming does. So let's just like be transparent, going full circle to the beginning of our conversation, be transparent because We can't read each other's minds and we don't know what's important, what's valuable. Maybe I don't care about my pronouns, but someone does. And like, let's respect that because that's their, their truth.
0: Right. Okay. So before I, you know, wrap this up, do you have any other like really big things that you're like, people need to know this? Like if, if you're just starting out this journey of understanding this community, like any any other big things that we did not touch on
2: i think that the biggest thing for me was try not to judge yourself or shame yourself when you're in this journey of moving forward and learning things like because we all mess up we all have conditioning you know i grew up in a racist household you know i have racism in my blood like that's how it is and so sometimes i have racist thoughts and like But it's what we do with those thoughts that matter. And so it's like, remember that you are not your thoughts. And if you have a a homophobic thought, or you have shame, blame, or judgment towards people based on their gender, or their sexuality, or the color of their skin, or their religion, check yourself and then say, what am I going to do with this information? And then tell your ego, like, no, that's not what I believe. I don't believe that anymore. and So I'm not doing that. Like I'm not going down that road and that's not where I'm going. And so really, because if you shame yourself and this, you know, if you shame and blame yourself, you're never going to move forward. You're never going to learn. You're never going to heal. You're always going to be stuck in that same conditioning that you've always had. And you're never going to grow and be a safe place for people to be honored. And you won't be able to honor your own truth of whatever comes through.
0: Yeah. So good. Thank you for for sharing that. And thank you for bringing light to that that concept too, because I think just as a society, like if you grew up in society, you have this conditioning, like the racist conditioning, the homophobia, homophobia, like you have that conditioning if you grew up in society today. There's no way, like you are part of the collective unconscious. So yes, like you are going to have those thoughts as part of just what it means to be alive in today's world but I love how you're like you are not your thoughts like they're just intrusive of thoughts like you don't check yourself but then also like what are you going to actually act on that was so well said
2: thank you yeah thank you for having me and I appreciate appreciate having the safe space to like share this and thank you for telling me your truth and your your secret that's you know and I think that, that that's a lot of people's stories. And so I'm I'm really glad that we got to have this conversation and you know see where it led. I think it was yeah. beautiful. Just Yeah,
0: me too. I just love chatting with you so much. Okay. If people have questions, can they reach out to you? Can they like DM you?
2: Of course. Um my Instagram t- is I M underscore Megan M-E-G-A-N r-o-s-e so i am megan rose on instagram
0: okay cool well i am so so happy that we had this conversation and it wasn't you know i was i was nervous but it like we always just do great just being transparent open and honest so thank you so much for for being with me today thank you